0: This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boys, Jonathan and Will. What's going on, guys? What's going on, everybody? Today is October 13th. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch, you can once again find us on Twitch at Twitch TV at Six Man Show or Twitch TV slash Six Man Show. Sorry, you can find us at Six Man Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Obviously, uh, we're recording this just at about one uh, twelve, couple minutes between. Uh, A couple minutes before 1.15, obviously, Uh, and tonight, uh, as you can see, we've got our Orlando Magic jerseys on. We will be heading down to Orlando, back to what I I mean. I know that they call Madison Square Garden like the basketball mecca, but for me, the Amway is like the basketball mecca. I just... I hate the drive. We're about to, you know, drive basically two and a half hours down I four uh, yeah. from the Tampa area mm-hmm. over to Orlando. So I hate that drive. I'm always just kind of dreading that. As you get into like downtown Orlando and the traffic just starts to slow down. But as soon as you know you're getting closer to you know exit eighty two or whatever it is uh and you can start to see the Amway Center I just started getting the butterflies I started getting excited you know all of that good stuff so um it'll be really good to to be back uh in the building just watch some Orlando Magic basketball yeah. we've been talking about this all summer you know since the playoffs ended um and it'll be really great uh just to to be back in the Amway in and, the building, and watch the yeah. team and you know, actually have some basketball to talk about. So, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some basketball. We've got some games. Uh, last week's episode, uh, we, you know, kind of went over the the San Antonio Spurs game. Magic blew them out, of course, but we didn't want to overreact to that. Uh, we said, you know, let's see a few more games still. It's preseason, and then we can kind of start to draw a conclusion, you know, as we get closer to, you know, now we have only have, this game tonight against uh you know Philadelphia. If you're watching on Twitch, if you're in Orlando, make sure that you make it to that game. Um, starts at six o'clock. So uh, we've got this game tonight with uh with Philadelphia, and then we've got one more game. Uh, I think if my laptop would work here, there we go. Uh, we've got one more game on Thursday, uh, the seventeenth, at home at seven o'clock against the Heat, uh, and then the preseason you know will basically be over. But uh, I think tonight. We're really gonna see Clifford, you know, kind of tighten up, you know, the the lineups and the minutes, you know, that he's playing guys, and that should really reflect uh, what we're gonna see in the regular season a little bit more. And then traditionally, that last preseason game is gonna be like a, a dress rehearsal for the regular season. We should really see the the lineups and the minutes reflect uh, pretty close, um, basically, to what we're gonna see in the regular season. So that will be really exciting. So. Anyways, this week of Orlando Magic basketball, you know, we opened up the week on Monday, yep. uh, in Detroit, mm. and the Magic blew them out one fifteen to to ninety one. So once again, the Magic just looked great. You know, from the the start to the game through the end of the game, Aaron Gordon looked absolutely incredible, hitting shots from all over the place, dunking on Andre Drummond, all of this stuff. Uh, he was really the the bright yeah he was you know, looking real for good. me. Ten of 17 from the floor, three of seven from three, two of five from the floor. But just fill in the stat sheet: eight rebounds, two assists. Uh, Still, you know, a couple of turnovers that you don't really love to see, but um, it's preseason. Uh, At least that's you know that was the thought um, up to that point. And you know the the magic looked really great. Jonathan Isaac added 16 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. Once again, Mo Bamba looked great: 13 points. Shot 5 of 9 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3. 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. Uh, we got a few flashes out of Markel Foltz. He had a, a great series where he stole the ball, drove it down the court behind the back, dribble, drove right through the lane aggressively, had a sick dunk, yep. and it was like boom, like Markel Fultz is here. Like this is, you know, what we've been waiting for out of him. We'll talk a little bit more about Markel. It just seems like we cannot get away from kind of like this Markel Fultz uh, narrative and, and kind of storyline right now. Um, but it's just a it's a hot topic and everybody loves to talk about it. So we'll continue, you know, to, to really talk about that. But uh, we'll just kind of look in at, at some of the, the team stats from that game. I mean, we shot 45% from the floor to – the Detroit's 33.7. So team looks great defensively. Uh, but once again, you know, three-point percentage, we were shooting the ball really well, 42.9% uh, from the floor. Uh, our assist total compared to Detroit's was 32 to 22. So moving the ball really well, that's really been a a big thing. The the first preseason games here, Uh, and then limiting the turnovers, 13 turnovers to Detroit's 20. So after the first two preseason games, like looking great against San Antonio, obviously, and then looking at Detroit, like me personally, like I was trying to temper expectations a little bit, but it's just like, this team just looks so far ahead of schedule compared to a lot of the other teams. How did you feel about that? Kind of what were your feelings? Um, I kind of
1: felt the same way. Like, you know, those two games we played really good. I think we played to the potential that, you know, us fans believe that they could play at. Although you got to look, DeMar DeRozan wasn't playing in that San Antonio game, you know, and these, they're preseason games. So it's kind of hard to, you know, look at them and just be like, okay, this is how it's going to be the rest of the year. If they play, to to this level um just based off of two preseason games but from those preseason games we saw that our guys can when they're they're knocking down shots and they're playing defense that we have a really high level of like potential of you know what we can do going on you know looking forward to the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, it, you know, it's important early in the regular season to see the team playing the way that we know that they need to um and just the way that they're going to have to play through the regular season in order to be successful. So, kind of moving on from Detroit, uh then we you know head to Atlanta um and this uh this game here um was actually broadcasted on Fox Sports Florida uh with um I believe was it Was it Fox Sports Georgia or whatever the case? Uh, The reason that I I bring Fox Sports Georgia up is the fact that Markell is, like, at the line in this game, and and just, I know that we just keep talking about Markell, but Markell's shooting free throws, and one of their announcers brings up uh, a note about Markell stating that, you know, this guy, um, you know, had the thoracic outlet syndrome and had some kind of procedure to essentially cure the thoracic outlet syndrome. As far as we know, that's not, you know, accurate, and that's that's not not true. true. He's just been, you know, all kind of rehab and, you know, working out, trying to regain strength and everything, so... Just the 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 stories that you hear about Markel from the people that don't really pay attention to this team at times for me like are just like a little bit frustrating because it's like if, if you're not really gonna know what you're talking about it's better that you just don't talk about our team at all you know uh, Paul Pierce was on you know the the jump a couple of days ago and they were asking him you know if he thought that Markel was you know the the real deal or not yet or whatever and he's talking about the fact he's like. I don't even think this guy was really injured like you just haven't been paying attention to the, to the team or you know whatever the case may be but in this one, uh, the magic beat the Hawks 97 to 88. Uh, the offense wasn't quite there the way that it was in you know the, the first few games. Yeah. Uh, the magic really had to, to fight for this one. It was more of like a, a defensive battle than anything. I mean, Atlanta was you know, one of the better offensive teams in the league this year. you know they, they lost a lot of games, but they lost a lot of games, you know, like in the, the one teens and the 120s, really able to score the basketball. Yeah. Um, but their offense just really wasn't you know, there much uh, at all uh, in, in this one either. But you've got guys like Jonathan Isaac, 13 points, once again, eight rebounds, four assists, four steals, a block, like just all over the place. Uh, not really overall impressed too much with Vooch right now. I think he's just going to kind of ease himself into the regular season. Yeah, that's what
1: I think he's doing.
0: 13 points you know, four rebounds, an assist, shot six of 11 from the floor, which isn't great. He's not setting the world on fire. Uh, I mean, limited minutes, you know, a lot of these guys are playing in like the mid twenties, uh, with a lot of their minutes. But, um, I think that once again, as we get into the regular season, we'll see Vooch kind of regain form. He's struggling a little bit with his touch as far as, you know, low post moves and, and some of that kind of stuff, but really not too worried, uh, about Vooch, but it's just, so funny uh, to to see some of the people kind of you know overreact to a lot of this stuff. We, we're talking about oh we played so well in the first few games, but let's not really overreact to that. And then as we'll learn in just a couple of minutes when we talk about Friday's game against the Celtics, it's you know the the sky is falling and kind of everybody is you know overreacting, which yeah I might have done a little bit myself, but you know it, it's just kind of natural when you care about a team, you know you, you're invested, you you get emotional you know, and all this stuff, but the, the big thing for me, um, I'm really a big John Collins fan, you know, of the Atlanta Hawks. I think, I think he's really great. He's really athletic. Um, you know, he just seems to be in the right spots. A lot of the times, very good player. Just, I, I really think he's really solid, but last season, you know, we, we had that game against Atlanta where Jonathan Isaac dropped, you know, blocked him three straight times in one offensive possession. And I was like, mm, maybe that's kind of a fluke. Like maybe John Collins just have just coincidentally had some of his poorer games against the Orlando Magic. And this game kind of erased all doubt for me. John Collins, <laughs> two points, two of four from the line, but 0 of eight from you know the floor, zero of three. Uh, I mean added you know four rebounds but had seven turnovers in this game the majority of his minutes he was guarded by none other than Jonathan Isaac. Yo,
1: our guys make them work man. Jo-
0: Jonathan Isaac I mean I, I really I slated Aaron Gordon to to be the defensive player of the year for this team just because I think even now for the most part he's still going to be drawing the you know premier assignment from the other team yeah. just kind of guarding the other team's best player but Dude, Jonathan Isaac is the best defensive player on this team. And right now, I I don't even know if it's close. Now, Jonathan is still going to be kind of guarding the other team's second best player or perimeter player. He's going to be playing some small ball, you know, four or five or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, Aaron is just always very, very solid, uh, doesn't really give up much on the defensive end. But Jonathan Isaac just jumps off of the screen at you with his you know, activity, defensively so blocking energy, shots, yeah. deflections, steals, all kinds of stuff like that. So um, really the, the biggest thing for me in this game was the fact that this was really the first, I guess, amount of adversity that we had seen in the first, you know, couple preseason games, blowing out the other teams. But the magic really had to work for this win. And, and well, I think we're going to see a lot of this this year, at times this team is going to look like world beaters. They're going to be killing it offensively, but most times we're going to have to rely on the defense to carry us to wins. And it was evident winning 97 to 88. Once again, keeping one of the better offensive teams in the league, uh, really to, to, you know, low, you know, points for the game. I mean, Trey young played 28 minutes in this game. How many minutes is he going to play in the regular season? 32, 33, probably. So, um, Lloyd Pierce, I believe their, their head coach. Uh, he really let some of his guys, you know, play some, you know, major minutes. So it's not like we were just beating up on, you know, on the, the second unit, Trey young, their arguably their best player was in there. Um, so Will, what, what are you really taking away, uh, from this Atlanta Hawks game?
1: For me, it just shows that when it comes down to it, our defense is going to win us games. Um, and, and that's what I like to see because they're, years prior um even earlier last season we we'd look and you know we try to our offense try to get going and um the defense wouldn't always be there and you know a lot of those early games from last season we were losing just because our defense wasn't stepping up so you know coming into that atlanta hawks game and the way that they played it was close whatever but the defense as long as defense continues to play hard like offense comes and goes but you can always play hard defense, so that's what I want to look, you know, looking forward for the regular season, as long as we're playing hard defense, I don't think we're going to be getting blown out, um, or any chances, like, even the tougher teams, you know, the Golden States, the Lakers, the Clippers, and stuff, um, as long as our defense is there, I I believe that uh, we'll have a a top-notch defense in the league, so...
0: Well, the thing that you just mentioned is like kind of, you know, as long as we're playing solid defense, you know, we won't get blown out. So I'm going to take that opportunity to kind of transition to Friday's game. So Friday's game, anybody, you know, that was able to find a a legal stream, not in any way promoting that, of course, uh, but anybody that was able to watch this game on the NBC Sports Boston um, telecast, just not really anything good to see in this game whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they started this game. Celtics went up something like 10 or 11 or 12 to zero. I, at this point, I've really been trying to block that game out of my mind, but um, it was so funny. You know, my wife and I were, are sitting here watching the game and Brian Scalabrine, Brian Scalabrini, I don't remember how to pronounce the guy's name. He yeah. barely played whatever the redhead guy, everybody knows who I'm talking about. That used to, you know, ride the bench for the Celtics um, beginning of the game. All kinds of praise for the Magic, stating how you know they're going to be a top five defensive team, and you know how great Jonathan Isaac is, and how he reminds him of like a young Kawhi Leonard, and and all this stuff. And, and I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, man, you know this guy's really giving us a, a lot of credit, <laughs> yeah. dude. That changed at the drop of a dime. Like after the first quarter, the Magic are down 35 to 11, and like literally the rest of the game scalabrini is just talking trash about the magic how like this is embarrassing like they expect to be like a playoff team and um just talking all kinds of all kinds of smack like it was just ridiculous almost wanted to in that second half just completely mute the telecast because it was just obnoxious and you should have just really makes you appreciate you know david Steele, dante uh jeff turner Oh, for sure. Would never say a bad word, you know, about another team. Might make some, you know, tongue-in-cheek jokes about a team, you know, not necessarily playing well, but would never just come out and talk the amount of trash that this guy was talking. So I'm just thankful that we don't have to listen to that, you know, on a on a nightly basis. But um, really just the first quarter, the Magic just really seemed to come out pretty flat. Um, Nikola Vucevic in this game, um, he's dealing with, you know, kind of a – very minor ankle sprain uh something that um is not supposed to carry over you know into the regular season or really into uh the next game here uh fully expect Vooch to play tonight I don't know I'm I'm looking at John Denton's Twitter right now I'm not seeing any kind of updates about the injury status of Vooch for tonight so um the expectation is for him to play tonight once again but um And I kind of made a a joke on Twitter from the Six Man Show account. Like, imagine wanting to let Vooch walk, you know, this summer. Imagine what this team would have looked like because the few games that he missed last year, we just had no offensive rhythm whatsoever and just looked terrible. Like, whether or not you think Vooch is great, two facts. The guy produces, he's been doing that, you know, 16 to 20 points a game, you know, 8 to 12 rebounds a game the entire, you know, seven years that he's he's six years, seven years that he's been with the magic now. So two things you can't refute is that he produces and two the offense looks completely different, you know, without him, um, one thing I didn't mention about you know uh, the game against the Hawks is just Terrence Ross, twenty points, seven of seventeen from the floor, four of thirteen. The reason that I bring this up is because this game, you know, we lost one hundred to seventy five. Might not have been you know nearly as close as it was if it wasn't for Terrence, for Terrence Ross, yeah. twenty one points, seven of sixteen from the floor, four eleven from three. I mean, I was just a little bit. Not worried, but concerned that maybe Terrence wouldn't be able to keep up his performance and his production from last year up this year. But I just think he's in the right role, uh, and I think that that will continue into this season. So uh, we've got, you know, some good signs early on from Terrence Ross, but. Um Yeah, this this team just had no offensive flow whatsoever, especially in that first quarter. And really, if you look at the rest of the game, outside of that 35-11 first quarter, we were only outscored by one point through the final three quarters of this game. So uh, if you get past that first quarter, really wasn't too terrible. But man, that, that first quarter, it just seemed like the Celtics were just hitting everything. You know, they were without... Um, Kemba Walker, but guys, you know, like Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, you know, really stepped it up for them and, and, and kind of helped them seal this win. Um, another guy that looked really good for them that, while you and I were going through and doing kind of all of our draft stuff, who were going to be like our sleepers and stuff like that, Carson Edwards. Uh, From Purdue, that was the guy to me that uh, really looked like a sleeper. Didn't have a very efficient game, but uh, really just looks like he knows what he's doing, you know, yeah. on a basketball court. Smaller guy, but he's really strong, so he might be able to hold his own uh, defensively. But as far as offensively, I mean, that guy, he's just he's just a you know See, a really yeah. big shot maker. It's funny
1: though because I thought you were gonna mention what we were gonna do with that second round pick um, that we had, and you know that game Friday night. There's a guy named Taco on that on that team, and and the crowd just wanting him to to get in the game, and they're cheering for him, calling his name. Um, so it, it's good that you know he he came in, and the U UC, uh, UCF uh, supporters and Orlando fans are were supporting him coming into the game. But I just thought that was funny when you know they were begging, you know, fans begging this him is, to come in.
0: This is the thing, um, and I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because I was just thinking to myself during the game, it's like. Part of the thing with us not really living close to Orlando, you know, we don't go to you know any of the UCF sporting events. I don't have any like personal or emotional ties to UCF. Like the only tie that I really have to Orlando is the Magic. Like that's whatever. I love the city. I love being there. Yeah. Uh, love love the people there. Um, but some of the other things I just don't really have ties to. I don't have ties to UCF. So hearing Orlando Magic fans chant for an opposing team's player to come into the game just for whatever reason just doesn't really sit well with me but I totally get it yeah people go to UCF he is from UCF whatever if somebody that we went to high school with made it to the NBA and we were at a magic game and they're playing for the opposing team of course we would want to see them get into the game and do well but um Yeah, it was just a lot of people in that arena didn't even realize what they were cheering for. From what I'm hearing, they thought they were, you know, cheering for Tijuana Flats (laughs) or like something like that. Like tacos, tacos. Like no, his name is Taco. Like he's from Senegal. Like my wife is like, who is this guy? His name's Taco. I'm like, yeah, he he wasn't. He wasn't born, you know, in this country. He's (laughs) not named after a taco. Uh, You know, he's from Senegal or whatever the case may be. But by all accounts, like he seems like a really. Good kid. He seems like a, a really hard worker, but uh, from the the games that I saw, you know, especially last year in the the um, NCAA tournament, I just don't know You know, if he's really skilled enough to to be a solid rotation guy, you know, for a long time. Like we look at a guy like you know Boban, you know Marjanovic, like he is immensely tall obviously but he's also very skilled but he just doesn't seem to have the endurance really to to yeah. play you know a lot of minutes in that the nba athleticism and, too is, exactly you know, it's lacks you know the the athleticism so taco of course he's you know gigantic but uh he's definitely not a giraffe moving like a lion you know shout out to my boy you know jonathan <laughs> jonathan isaac but um yeah really just the takeaways from this game the biggest things for me was one aaron gordon i feel like with Vooch being out, maybe he felt the need to step up. Like a lot of people are saying, you know, this is his year, this is his time. Maybe he's kind of feeling like that as well. Um, not kind of in a cocky way, but just like, you know, his confidence is growing. But started this game, I believe, O of twelve from the floor. I think he made his first shot and was like one of thirteen, finished the game. Yeah, one of fourteen. One of fourteen from the floor, 0 of five from three, uh finishes with four points. You know, he was two of two from the line. Uh four uh, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, but three turnovers. And the main thing with me is like during this game, like the shot selection was just really, really poor. You're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, rushed three-pointers, a lot of, you know, turnarounds, uh, mid-range jumpers. And the thing with Aaron Gordon is like, dude, you're so strong. I feel like your handle is good enough to to get to the basket when you're struggling like this and get to the free throw line and just kind of get your rhythm going that way. Seeing him try to almost play like hero ball. I mean, nobody played great in this game outside of really Terrence Ross, but if you're looking at just like the raw, you know, plus and minus, he was a minus 27 for this game. Nobody's numbers really jump off the, the page at you. Terrence Ross was a plus 10, but... That was really the the main takeaway uh, in this game, and then you look at you know Mo Bamba, definitely did not match uh, his production from the the first few games where people questioned you know his, his motor and you know his energy. Yeah, this is that one was of crazy. those games. Mo Bamba had an opportunity to start in this game with Vooch being out, and really was a just complete non factor in this game. Six points. 2 of 5 from the floor, 2 of 4 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks. But really, if you weren't looking for Mo, I, I feel like he just completely disappeared in this game. Didn't really notice him much at all. Evan Fournier played 18 minutes, missed most of this game, uh, especially in the second half with back spasms. Uh, but you just... the. You almost got absolutely nothing out of the starters in this game. A guy who obviously I have not watched a whole lot, mainly watching Orlando Magic games, uh, is Al Farouk Aminu. Knew this guy was going to be solid defensively, but I've been really surprised at some of the things that he's able to do offensively. And as much as DJ is kind of that settling force, uh, kind of calms everything down in the the starting lineup when things are going crazy, I think Aminu is going to be that guy off the bench, you know, in that second unit.
1: Yeah, seeing like watching the FIBA games um, this summer, um, same as you, I didn't really watch too much of Aminu. Um, during the regular season just like seeing his points coming like from fantasy and stuff like that his stats um, here and there uh, that was like pretty much all I you know saw from him but like just right. seeing a couple of the highlights from the the FIBA games and and how he played you could tell like this guy's gonna he's gonna produce while he's here in, in a magic uniform so it was good to see
0: Then another guy who has really surprised me so far in this preseason, who for the most part has really only played in garbage time, but has been Melvin Frazier Jr. This is a guy that we drafted uh, in the second round a few years ago, really has never been able to crack the rotation here in Orlando, the later part. Um, of last year and you know going into the summer he had a similar injury to Mobamba uh, with a, a stress fracture in his lower leg um, but this preseason you know we, we've really been able to see him uh, you know kind of in, in spurts and he's really active on both ends of the floor uh, kind of knows where to be and, and when to be there uh, is making some nice defensive plays and offensive plays yep. as well in this game in seven minutes had 10 points uh, shot four six from the floor uh, had a rebound and a steal, so n- not setting the world on fire, but just you know, kind of surprising to me. Just, yeah,
1: those are good numbers for somebody playing just seven minutes. Yeah, you know?
0: we don't get to see this guy a lot, so uh, but just has pleasantly surprised me so far in the preseason. But uh, yeah, really, just nothing uh, really to be desired in this game from. Uh, really you know anybody outside of Terrence Ross who just continues to to be really solid um, as the Magic lose 100 to to 75 have a chance tonight to kind of bounce back from that make a statement say you know we're not that team so we'll have to wait and see kind of how the the team you know responds but definitely hoping for a better showing tonight we don't want to drive two and a half hours and watch them lose which you know for the better part of the last six years we've been doing a lot of that, but yeah. uh, outside of last year, obviously Well, Embiid's
1: playing tonight too, from what I heard. So yeah, that's um, fine. You know, just, you can't let them go off and, and we gotta, we gotta actually show up. Cause this is, you know, Philly's a team that they're, they're expected to be in the, cha- they're, they're championship contenders. Right. Right. So we can't just be like, oh yeah, you know, it's Philly, you know, Embiid's gonna, he's, he's gonna play hard as always. So, um, hopefully it's a game tonight that you know our defense shows up and we can we can knock down some shots
0: right so uh one other thing that you know I, I kind of wanted to talk about um I mentioned that we were going to talk you know talk a little bit about Markell here so um ah, this I'm not trying to I'm not trying to rag on the kid I'm not saying I'm really not trying to say anything negative about him just really what I would like to see out of him so So far, you know, in the preseason, we've seen flashes of him, you know, playing really well. Um, We mentioned, you know, that steal that he had against Detroit, drives, you know, coast to coast, awesome dunk highlight. A lot of people are saying, like, Markel Fultz is, is back and all these things. And yes, I definitely expect Markel to contribute to this team in, like, a major way this year. Um, as far as my expectations though, um, you know we talked about him being a rookie and things like that but I right now I find me drawing my expectations back just a little bit more Same. than I was uh, before the, the preseason. And not that I'm trying to overreact. I'm not trying to jump the gun on anything. It's just a, a few things that, uh, we've seen kind of in each one of these games now, um, that I think is just going to take a little bit more time than maybe I thought a lot of people were like, we just need to wait till we see with this kid. And that and we've said, that's fine the entire yeah. time, whichever side, if you're getting really excited, that's fine. If you're waiting to see what he's going to do, that's fine as well. But um, I think for me, the main thing that I'm seeing out of Markell right now is just kind of the efficiency in, in some of his decision making um, offensively. So just looking at this week's games, so uh, Monday against Detroit, you know, eight points, four of 10 uh, from the floor. Uh, but, I mean, this guy's filling, you know, the stat sheet still. Four rebounds, seven assists, a steal. Has four turnovers, which at times it just feels like, you know, he's still kind of forcing things. And then moving on and looking at his game against Atlanta. Six points, two of ten from the floor, zero of one from three, two of two from the line, two assists, three steals, a turnover. So two of ten, you know, just very you know inefficient offensively. Yeah. And then we look at Friday night, um, three points, one of eight from the floor, one of two from the free throw line, one rebound, four assists, one steal, and two two turnovers. So just the reason that I kind of bring up some of these numbers is when I'm watching Markel play, like I want him to be comfortable. I want him to be confident um, in, in shooting the ball. You know, he's worked a lot on it. Form isn't perfect, uh, but it's definitely much, much better than it was last year. Oh, yeah. But the thing that I think that Markel, until he's really able to knock these shots down at a higher clip, I want to see him kind of uh, hold off on that jump shot until he's being forced to. Like Michael Carter-Williams. He's not really shooting a three-pointer. unless He's not shooting any of them off the dribble, for instance. Markel really hasn't sh- taken too many off the dribble either, but Michael Carter-Williams is really only taking those threes if he's wide open or if he's passed that ball on the wing and his defender kind of takes a step back yeah. and dares him to shoot that. At that point, yes, any guard in the NBA has to have the confidence. You work on that shot all the time. You have to take that shot. But outside of that, Markel really needs to focus on these little turnarounds that you know he's been taking in the lane. You know, floaters, getting to the you know rim and getting to the free throw line, making other plays for his teammates. Because at a point, it's going to be kind of detrimental for him to keep taking these kind of what I would call right now is like ill-advised shots. Yeah. Until the. The jump shot is really, you know, back. If it does come back for him, that's great. We've talked a lot about even if he's not able to knock down these shots, it's he's there's so other, many other things he can do, he can do it, exactly. on a floor. Play defense, steals, the rebounds, the assists, other ways that he can contribute to the floor. So um, I just kind of want to ask you about that, like, has your opinion of, of Markel as far as your expectations changed at all? What do you think that he needs to do in order to be successful right so, now?
1: So during the summer we talked about our expectations of Markel, right? And we were pretty much on two different sides. You know, you were more of the you know, kind of on the hype train, like this guy if he's yes. healthy, I can't this is it. this is what we expect from him. And then during the summer, I was like, Oh well, let's wait and see. Right. So then you know this looking into you know this these past couple preseason games um and also our last podcast I was like if he can knock down shots and do everything he's he, you know we believe he can do we're looking at a possible superstar right Right um I think we jumped the gun just a little bit with that Um I it's too much of like it's too much expectations for a guy right now, this early in the season that we don't know if he's even like, we, we don't know for sure if his jump shots ever going to be what it was prior. Right? right. So that we're just hoping, right. And we're, it's wishful thinking. Cause even if we do know for a fact that his jump shot right now doesn't look the same as it did when he was coming out of Washington. Right. Right. So who's to say it's ever going to be a hundred percent. Right. Like that. So, looking into the season, I'm hoping that he does produce, but my expectation of him being a superstar from <laughs> from the last podcast, I I dialed it back. Even let's say tonight he scores he scores 30 points. I'm still going to be like we still need to see more. You know what I'm saying? Just it's got to be it's got to be it can't just we can't just base what he's doing off of one, two, three games. We need to see, you know, a good chunk of games to see if it's if it's him being consistent with it. Because even if he has two games where he's, you know, knocking down shots, but then he has six games in a row where it's like he's not doing anything, then it's just going to be a cycle of us going up and down on him.
0: Now this is what kind of I want to make a rebuttal to that is that I don't think my expectation of like what he can be has changed at all. Like I still think this kid can be a star, superstar, yeah. I think yeah. in order to be like a real superstar like either you have to be Russell Westbrook, right? Just crazy athletic, crazy motor, all that kind of stuff, or you need to be able to shoot the ball like every other superstar that we're talking or you know, Giannis. Crazy length, athleticism, whatever, crazy motor, all that stuff. But if you look at the other guys, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, what do all of those guys have in common? They can all shoot the ball, right? They they have a very well rounded game. They can do it all offensively, and they're when they want to be good, average, some of them elite defenders, yeah. right? So in order for Markel, I think to be a superstar, he's got to get pretty close to the way that he was shooting at Washington, right? But I still think this kid is capable of being a star. You know, like uh, you know, multi time All Star, maybe like to the potential of like a DeMar DeRozan or something like that. Maybe that's jumping the gun a little bit, but as far as really what I think I'm trying to say right now is that I just think he needs to let the game come to him more than anything, right? I think he just needs to change the way that right now he's mentally approaching the offensive side of the basketball. Right now, if you're not setting up for somebody else or getting a wide-open jump shot because yeah. the defense is just sagging off of you, you need to be getting to the rim. You need to be getting to the rim, getting into the paint. So that's really what I'm I'm trying to say. I, I am still fully 100% confident of the fact that this kid can reach a certain level as far as his ability and being a star. But I'm just kind of pulling back the expectations of maybe when that's going to happen. Like, I was saying that by, like, Christmas, this kid was going to become the starter. Maybe not. It's rare that a guy that comes in who is, like, a true rookie is able to develop enough in just a few months to be able to take over the starting role of, of a team.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, even we had expectations of possibly December, January. What I'm saying is, like, we need to just let all that go. Right, like we n- just take it game just by take game, it game by game, week by week, because we keep on saying every game goes by, and we're like, oh, well, maybe it'll be December. Oh, he plays bad. Oh, maybe it's not going to be December. Right. Maybe it's going to be. Let's just let him play and just figure it out. You know, Fair. he's he's like you said, he's pretty much a rookie still, right? Hundred percent. There's players you can just
0: tell by the way that he's playing right now. He is still playing like a rookie. Just- yeah,
1: and and there's players around the league that don't get into their their true form or their true like you know, their peak until later in their career, not one, two, three years, but four or five, six, seven years into their career. Um, So right now it's, it's too early in his career to continue to, like, push all this, like, especially him coming back from this injury. It's like, it's right now for us, we just need to watch him play and let him get these games in. And maybe in a couple months or a couple weeks, when after the season starts and we're seeing how how the team's doing, and just let him build that confidence a little bit more. Because there was a there was a play I think Trey Young was playing on him, um, and he sacked off, right? right. And he could have shot the three. I don't I don't recall if he shot it or whatnot. But teams are going to be doing that often. Yeah. So it's just stuff that he's going to have to learn to you know if he can shoot it, great. But if he's not knocking them down, he's like you said, he's got to find other ways to be effective um but right now it's just like we shouldn't be putting too much pressure on him people are saying he's a bust already like just playing off of the just based off of that friday night game you know it's just like oh you know he, he's missing out all the shots it's, his his shooting is never gonna come back it's just give the guy some time like season hasn't even started yet they'll figure it out um and, and let's see what happens
0: now, even though you know Markel might not be really you know poised to take over the the starting you know role anytime soon, possibly um there's a guy who is still gunning for his job for that you know st- that second unit point guard, and that guy is Michael Carter Williams. now I talked a little bit about the fact last week that I thought like i don't know there's just some kind of like Look. Bromance going on with Clifford and Michael Carter-Williams, which is fine, like, whatever, but, like, this week, he just took it up another little notch, (laughs) telling reporters that Michael Carter-Williams is, and and this might even be true, I'm, you know, not trying to say that it's not, but that he's, you know, an elite on-the-ball defender that he hasn't seen many guys at this level who can play on the ball, not get beat, and steal it, but it was just, like, Man, you just like keep every chance that you get. You just keep throwing little <laughs> right. comments about MCW yeah. out there. But um, if Markell, I think, continues to kind of force things, you know, offensively and and make poor decisions, Michael Carter Williams is a guy. Clifford's the type of coach that if you're earning minutes, you're going to get you're going them. In, yeah. So he's talked about you know playing a nine man rotation. So he's not gonna put Michael Carter-Williams in and get rid of um, Terrence Ross, Aminu, or Mo Bamba from the second unit. So the only other guy that he could really take minutes in place of would be Markel Fultz. But there are things that I think if Markel just dials it back a little bit that he gives you offensively, that Michael Carter-Williams just does not. Michael Carter-Williams, you know, is a good defender. um, But Markel Fultz is as well. They both have great size. But as far as, like, the passing ability, the ability to get into the lane anytime they want, the ability to find the open guy, Markel Fultz, to me, is just head and shoulders above above where Michael Carter-Williams is. But right now, the thing that... You know, Michael Carter-Williams kind of has above Markell is like he really does not force the issue for himself offensively and if Markell continues to do that make some rookie mistakes um, really to the point where it's causing us to lose games possibly in the future that's something that we see because as important as it is to get Markell full minutes allow him to play through some mistakes yes but this is a team that has playoff expectations they made it very clear re-signing Vooch, re-signing Ross, bringing in Alpha Aminu, this team cannot afford to take a step back. So I don't think this team is going to let Markel Fultz's development get in the way of that. Yeah, if we look so. at other teams around the league, like New Orleans or like Atlanta, where they might take a few lumps you know, on the chin um, in order to get their guys minutes and allow them to develop, where I don't think that's going to happen in Orlando. So this might seem as kind of a hot take to some people, but if markel Fultz plays in such a way that causes detriment to this team and causes us to to lose games michael carter williams will be placed into that starting lineup there's to me there's no if ands or buts about it and you guys can you know tell me what you think about that but um, that's just that's just kind of my my opinion on on the whole situation there
1: I like it. Yeah, so I agree. Um,
0: but let's move away from Markel a little bit. So um, New Orleans has, you know, really been wowing a lot of people, you know, in, in preseason season so far with a lot of their young guys and, and stuff like that. But uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it really seems like it's become a point of contention with like a lot of Magic fans. Is we have these guys or we have the opportunity to get these guys? For instance, we had Oladipo. We had you know Tobias Harris. We see them go somewhere else and play really, really well, and then we get all kinds of upset. I've made the point before that I don't think Oladipo was ever going to become the type of player that he is now had he stayed in Orlando. He went to OKC, saw a superstar, saw the way that how he prepared, he works, yeah. see how much he works, saw what it took to become that guy, then goes to Indiana and becomes that guy. Yeah. right? But now we're seeing a guy who... When the Magic had the sixteenth pick, you and I were at Buffalo Wild Wings, we were with, you know, a lot of Magic fans on draft night, and it was just kind of like a consensus thing that we all wanted to draft Nikel Alexander Walker. He was there at sixteen, ripe for the picking. Um, Chuma O'Kiki was a guy that just wasn't on anybody's radar as far as the Orlando Magic fan base. You look at other, you know, podcasts like Locked On Magic, you know, the close up magic, all these other shows. I don't think Chuma Okiki was ever mentioned as being a possibility no. at 16. Nope. So, with the 16th pick, Naw is there, and we're all thinking that that's the guy that we're getting, Right. Anyways, we take Chuma Okiki. Now he's being stashed in Lakeland for a year to rehab. Then he'll become a rookie for the Magic next year. And now people are seeing that Kel Alexander-Walker play great for New Orleans, and we're all like up in arms about it, right? Yeah. Which is just because we've kind of seen this scenario play out time and time again. But the the point that I want to make, and I want to see how you feel about this, is that any rookie coming to this team, right? I don't really think would have been given the same opportunity that he is getting in new Orleans right now. Even if Chuma was healthy, right? He's not going to be playing over Jonathan Isaac. He's not going to be playing over Aaron Gordon. He's not going to be playing over Al Farouk Aminu. So where would he be getting his minutes? Right Nikel Alexander Walker, he's not going to be playing over DJ Augustine or Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross. Um, this team just invested so much in Markel Fultz, um, I just don't think that he would have had the same opportunities uh, to to really show what he's fully capable of. I don't think any rookie, um, you know, coming into this team, apart from you know maybe a guy like Zion or John Morant or you know one of those top those three top tier, picks, yeah. uh, that would have been you know given a real opportunity to come and contribute to this team in the way that he looks like he's contributing in preseason. And once again, let's say it's preseason; he has not played a minute on an NBA floor. Now, am I sitting there thinking to myself like, dang, I wish that kid was on our team absolutely 100%. That's who I wanted us to pick. I still think Chuma Okiki is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I forget who it was, but somebody posted on Twitter the other day just like a whole thread of him you know, and what he's capable in in playing in yeah. Auburn, and the kid just looks like fantastic. He looks like a guy that you're well, going to be able to plug and play in the NBA.
1: Yeah, they were saying if it wasn't because of the injury, he could have been a top ten, top ten pick. Um, so some I mean, people that's,
0: think that Chuma was is going to be the steal of the draft. Yeah, they still so, think that.
1: I I just think um, us drafting Chuma, we there was two roads we've could have taken, right? And if we would have taken Alexander, who who knows who would be on our team currently. Because we were talking before, possibly trading Fournier for, you know, whatever, and we might have and, let Ross walk we, at that point. Yeah, we we honestly we don't know. So what, you know, what the organization saw and what we saw, of put, you know, potentially what our team would look like coming into the season were two different. We saw two different things. Um, so it like you said, it's just it's too early to say whether or not it was a bad you know move on our part we haven't seen chuma play so we just because alexander comes in and he's playing you know playing well we we can't make our like we can't say anything until we see chuma play right is what i'm saying so we'll see what happens but yeah he's playing well regular season looks amazing yeah it really does look amazing i can't even dispute that Um, but like i said if we would have drafted him maybe some of the guys we have on the team right now wouldn't be there and it look even, it, it would be a different team. So that's it.
0: I think the organization looked at the roster the way it's, you know, currently uh, constructed and yeah. said, our goals are to bring Vooch back, to bring Terrence Ross back and, I mean, the kid is looking like he can be like a primary ball handler on an NBA team. Looking back at you know his time you know at Virginia Tech, we were not saying that about him. We were saying this is a guy who could be a secondary ball handler. Um, and if you're looking at this team the way that it was constructed and what the team planned to do in free agency, that just really didn't fit with our team at the time. If you're looking at Evan Fournier, if you're looking at Terrence Ross. Um, I mean, it just wasn't really a good fit. Now, like you're saying, had we taken Naught at 16, then a lot of us would have been looking around like, oh, snap, maybe Evan's getting traded. Maybe we're not re-signing Terrence Ross. But obviously, the plan was to keep Evan, to bring back Terrence. And at that time, what we had seen from him at Virginia Tech, just in my opinion, didn't really warrant um, him fitting into this team. I just don't think we really would have found minutes. Had you have told me, you know, draft night that, hey, we're not trading Fournier, we're re signing Terrence Ross, I would have said, okay, well, then don't draft Nikhil Alexander Walker. Pick somebody else. So. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that because that's just been kind of a, a point in contention uh, at least on magic twitter and uh, I'm sure you know magic Reddit, you know the last few days so um, we don't really have too many uh t- too many fan questions right now um, unless you're listening on Twitch and you want to throw in a question right now but um, from the twitch chat, Calwin eleven uh, he just mentioned we really struggled without Vooch against the Boston defense, so it could be even harder tonight against Philly's defense uh, once again cal um just looking at some of the reports here, uh, I haven't seen any reports so far stating that Vucevic um, is not going to play tonight. So hopefully we'll have a much better offensive flow with Vucevic uh, in the the mix there. And then one other uh, fan question that we had from Twitter a little bit earlier uh, from... Uh, blazin warlock which is an awesome name at blaze 187 ace on twitter he's saying in my personal opinion barring injury I think Fultz should come off the bench for the entire season he's been a lot more valuable with the second unit than the starting one when you combine him Ross Aminu and Bamba that is a luxury and it would keep less pressure off of him so not really a question just kind of a an opinion but what uh, what kind of goes through your mind how do you feel about that
1: I'm just saying, let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. That's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say there. Is just, right. Let's see what happens. Just try to
0: bring back not the expectations, but just kind of jumping to conclusions like game to game. Let's yeah. just kind of give this a few months, kind of see how it pans out. Once we have you know 15 to 20 games of the regular season under our belt, then maybe we can really make a, a better assessment of exactly. this whole thing. But for me, um, my whole thing is. It doesn't really matter who starts the games, it really matters who's who, finishing who the games it, yeah. and when it comes to finishing the games, you want your best players on the floor so if Markel Foltz proves to be the best you know, point guard and the best option for this team at point guard, you know he should be starting and definitely should be finishing the games. Um, I definitely think you know with D- I definitely think that DJ could be very successful in a second unit of him. Ross, um why am I blanking? Al Aminu, Mo Bamba, and then you could, you know, throw in, you know, probably Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac in with that second unit. But just DJ's ability to run an offense, uh, not make many mistakes, not turn the ball over, but then his ability to hit, you know, open threes. I'm pretty yeah. sure last year he hit close to like fifty percent you know, on open spot up threes, which that was a problem in the Celtics game on Friday when DJ Augustine and he missed a few wide open spot up threes. When DJ is missing spot up, o- you know, spot up threes, you know, your offense, you know, really has, you know, a- an issue, you know, going on. But i uh, kind of just looking ahead um to, you know, this next week here, uh just kind of, you know, what's going to be happening on our, you know, next week's episode of the podcast. So tonight, uh, Will and I, we're going to, you know, mix down this episode of the podcast. We'll get it uploaded so that it will release once again, 3 a.m. tomorrow morning, just like it does every single week. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast or your first time watching us on Twitch, hello Twitch. Um, we release episodes every single Monday, uh, at three o'clock in the morning. So, uh, if you're an early riser, you get up for work at 4 a.m. You're driving to work, uh, that should be there for you. Um, but if you're up late, uh, on a Sunday night and you, you live on the West coast in, in California, you'll be able to listen to us, uh, at midnight, um, you know, Monday, you know, morning. So each Monday we release new episodes, but, um, so yeah, we're going to be heading, uh, out to Orlando tonight. So if you're on Twitch, if you see this broadcast a little bit later, um, after we finish these broadcasts, they should still be available on our Twitch channel for 14 days, um, eventually maybe we'll be like a twitch affiliate once we get you know a few followers and then i think at that point um you're able to keep your videos up on your twitch channel for you know a little bit longer but for right now um it's 14 days but if you're going to be at that game um you know let's you know maybe we can meet up with some people you know in between quarters or halftime or after the game whatever it'd be really you know cooler be cool to, yeah. to meet a few of you guys but then uh thursday once again the last uh home preseason game before the regular season starts uh, is going to be against Miami Thursday at seven o'clock. And then we don't have another game for uh, six days. So basically 10 days from now, um, the home opener against the Cleveland Cavaliers, Uh, At 7 o'clock Wednesday, October the 23rd. So the regular season is quickly approaching. Have, you know, tonight's game. Then we have three days without a game where the guys will be able to practice, get more into a rhythm. Um, Clifford might be able to implement, you know, a a few other, you know, new things, just work on, you know, the development, kind of get a few things locked down. Um, Then we play Thursday. uh, But then the guys are going to have, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday without a game to kind of rest up, up, get everybody healthy. Uh, But then and get a few really good high intensity practices in, uh, and get ready for the regular season. So it's just exciting to be able to say that is within 10 days, I know 10 days, man, that's the regular season is going to be back. And, um, yeah, so I've already told everybody starting October 23rd, you know, if the magic are playing, I'm unavailable. <laughs> so that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. So that's really going to be a lot of fun, but we'll, any last thoughts before we go ahead and sign off here? Oh, got, snap, he's got, bringing the heat.
1: No, I got two things. I want to say shout-out to Jeff Welkgon for hooking us oh, up with yes. those, uh, yes. those tickets. You yes, know, Yes, yes, yes. Right? So we, were, we, we were, appreciate <laughs> it because we were literally looking at tickets right before, and I was like, oh, he's, he's giving them away. He's doing a little uh, Twitter, uh, like, raffle or whatever. Right. Um, So I was like, oh, let me just see what happens. And then, you know, lucky lucky for us, you know. Yeah,
0: I'm at work... What was that like Wednesday or Thursday? And I'm texting Will. I'm like, hey, because we we didn't actually buy our tickets last Sunday when we were going to after we finished recording the yeah. podcast. And I was like, what do you want to spend? Like, you know, for it's a preseason game, so we don't want to spend. You know, we too don't go crazy, yeah. yeah. So it was like, what do you want to spend? You know, forty bucks or whatever. And then I opened up Twitter, and this guy won two free tickets. So I
1: know you told me I didn't even know. Huh? Yeah.
0: So shout out to Jeff Weltgod. Uh, Big shout out. We'll be sitting in your seats tonight. So appreciate <laughs> yeah, that, my thank man. Thank you. Thank you. So uh,
1: and then number two. It's a little breaking news. Oh, snap. So Mo Bamba had a giveaway for a pair of shoes like a month and a half ago. And on Twitter, I got a message from Mo saying that. Hold on. Time out. Are you on, freaking kidding me? I'm. Relax. Let me finish. So send me a message on Twitter. Hold on. I got some in my mouth. Send me a message on Twitter. Mustache. says, hey, William. That's my name. A belated congrats on winning my, um, the the Havoc 2 contest. Appreciate your support. Hit me up with the size, the colorway, address, and all this. Uh, and I'll get all this shipped to you ASAP. Right? So, I did it. It was legit. He sent me the shoes. All right? So, I had You didn't feel house. the need to talk, tell me this at all. No, I had to tell you on the podcast. I had to wait.
0: All right. So, all right. I actually have some breaking news. I'm actually looking for a new co-host of oh. the six-minute... <laughs> I'm just...
1: I'm going to walk out right now. Bro,
0: this kid, man. You're lucky. Anyways, did you play the lotto tonight or
1: No, you tomorrow? know, somebody whenever, told me to do that, whenever too. The lotto, whenever the maybe when the we're in Orlando. Played, yeah. yeah, maybe in Orlando we'll stop. Yeah. Um. But I thought Who I'm, knows? You might get, get called you know. on the court at
0: halftime, and you, so, they might need you to play point guard for the rest oh, of the game. Who he knows? Also,
1: he also wants me to give him feedback on the shoes. Right. Right? And then possibly so he can share it, you know. Solid. with his team and then also with you know on his Instagram he, you've got the mobile. DM tell him to come on the podcast so we already got to.
0: tell him we've got we've had Greer Love yep. friend of the podcast tell him yeah, oh maybe he to knows come on the maybe podcast. that's why that's probably you know what we probably got some uh, Steve Clifford MCW style maybe a little no I, sh- I really should stop saying that somebody's gonna hear it and, re- and really be upset yeah but, but anyways yeah, that's it that's, solid. that's my breaking Man. news so. well congratulations I'm, I'm officially you, very you. jealous of you <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself uh, just so. a little bit that's awesome. But anyways, guys, uh thank you so much for listening. If you're viewing on Twitch, thank you for joining us. Uh this is really, you know, just I I think it's a lot of fun. It's fun, it's um, fun, yep. But you guys can catch us on, you know, basically all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those are like the three major the ones three that everybody uses. Um, we have a TikTok account, but, I mean, I don't really know what to do on TikTok. I made a six-man 6, six man show what? TikTok account I so that I could that follow is. the Orlando Magic. I don't personally have a TikTok account, but once I saw the Magic made a TikTok account, I wanted just to be able to see any content that they put up there. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe eventually we can do something cool on TikTok. But Let's um, see if happens. you have a TikTok, we, haven't, we don't have any content on there, but you can follow us <laughs> just in case we do maybe eventually, possibly yeah. eventually put up content. But Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find us at Six Man Show here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Six Man Show. Um, once again, we record these each week. We release them on Mondays, but we've also started to live stream them as well. So uh, really, that's all that we've got. Next week, we'll be you know, talking about any new Orlando Magic news, news that yeah. comes out. We'll be talking about the Miami Heat preseason game that we'll play on Thursday. And tonight's. And tonight's we'll recap game. tonight's game as well. Kind of our experience. It's just going to be so great to be back in that building. Obviously, uh, throughout the night, we'll be posting on, you know, Twitter and, and Instagram and all that stuff, you know, once we get to the stadium. But wish us, you know, safe travels as we track <laughs> halfway across Florida uh, to, to join uh, the Orlando Magic in the Amway Center. Once again, that's going to be very, uh, very exciting. So, uh, but once again, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Jonathan and Will from The Six Man Show. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!